You're listening to Hellbent for Metal, the LGBTQ plus heavy metal podcast in partnership with Knockfest. Normally at this point in the show, there would be music playing and I would make a probably quite smutty joke. We would have a giggle and a little bit of a natter. We might talk about the events of television or pop music or sport. I'm sure you'll understand why I'm not doing that this morning. Overnight, a man fired shots at the London pub and near the Hernilson Jazz Club and a pub in the centre of Oslo, Norway's capital. The London pub is a popular gay venue. Two people have been killed and 21 people have been injured. A 42-year-old man has been arrested and charged with murder, attempted murder and terrorist acts. Those are the facts we know at this point. What else we know is that Oslo's Pride celebrations, which were due to take place today, have been cancelled. No one is arguing that this Pride celebration had to be cancelled, but that in itself is a tragedy. More tragic are the lives who've been lost and the people who've been horribly injured and traumatised. Many of us in the queer community this morning have been shaken, even if we have nothing to do with Norway. Obviously, if you're a metal fan, we have a special place in our hearts for Norway because of that country's many, many contributions to heavy metal. And if you're a black metal fan like myself, it's essentially the birthplace of the thing you love the most. That's not why we're upset, though. Gay bars are, to many of us, sacrosanct. They are not just vital, but they are essential. Six years ago, there was a mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, in the United States. Shortly after that, I wrote a blog for the Metal Hammer website, which I hope they'll forgive me if I quote from, because I, the words I wrote, I feel, probably will put what's happened and why we're so upset in context to the straight metal fans who are listening. For metalers, gigs and festivals aren't just an opportunity to watch live music. They're a place we belong. It's where we can be ourselves, where we can relax with people like us and let out the bits we have to gloss over in less accepting company. It's where you're not judged for your Megadeth t-shirt or your long hair or your tattoos and where we can show solidarity with each other. Now imagine what it's like if everyday life means not just dressing differently, tying back your hair, covering up your Baphomet tattoo trying not to mention rotting Christ in polite company. Imagine if you had to use gender-neutral pronouns about your partner every day because you're worried people might react badly if you use he, not she. Imagine if holding hands with your girlfriend in public came with the worry of, some, of someone shouting a slur beginning with D at you in the street, or even the threat of physical violence. Imagine if a friendly peck on the cheek to the person you love became a risky, vaguely political type action you have to weigh up the potential consequences of. Imagine your family knowing who you are may risk you not having a family at all. Imagine which public toilet you're allowed in is a matter of heated debate by lawmakers. Imagine what you're keeping in is who you are and most of your life. I hope that explains why we consider these places so important. In less formal terms, it's the one place you can really relax and be yourself. 
it's where you can let your hair down, where you can kiss someone and it not be an act that you have to think through first. You don't have to judge it. You can just say, I want to kiss you. And as long as they consent to it, you can just do it. You don't have to think. If you hold someone's hands, you're not worried. You can dress however you want. You don't have to worry people are going to look at you and immediately realise you're gay. An attack on one of these places feels like we're being attacked where we live. Because for us, they're such a safe place. And the idea that they might not be terrifies us. Hellbent for Metal stands in solidarity with our brothers and sisters and siblings of other genders in Oslo right now. I can't even imagine how you must be feeling. The context for this, though, has to be put in place. There is a rise, worldwide and in the West, in hate crimes against the LGBTQ plus community. There are reasons for this. For one, fundamentalist fanatics of various extreme religious beliefs haven't gone away just because it's not been quite as common for us to see an outrage in the last few years doesn't mean that there aren't people who would like to do that we are always going to be a target for those people they simply want us to be gone they don't want us to exist that's something we have to be aware of secondly there has been a general rise in neo-Nazism. In part, that's because various electoral results that have had nothing to do with the LGBTQ plus community have emboldened people of extreme right-wing beliefs to become more active and more and recruit more openly. The British police now believe that the far right are a bigger threat in, in anti-terrorist terms than Islamist militants. But more than just the fact that there are more Nazis is that they are targeting the LGBTQ plus community more openly and aggressively. I think the thing that we've done that has offended them the most is to try and make young people aware that we exist, to make children aware that some people have two mums and some people have two dads and if you go around their house that's completely normal if your friend has two mummies then you shouldn't be afraid that's nothing to worry about it's something that happens and if you're queer if you realise that you are not part of the cishet and particularly archetypal gender role cishet identity that these people think is the only valid one we want you to know that you're fine. They think by us telling you that you're fine and there's nothing wrong with you, that we're trying to recruit people into the movement for reasons of committing horrible sexual crimes against those people. The word groomer has been used as a new anti-LGBTQ plus slur. People who work for pride movements have spoken in recent weeks about how the most common job they have to do as moderators of Facebook pages for these events is to go through the lists of comments 
and delete the ones where people are being called groomers and paedophiles simply for wanting to stage a pride march. There is a third context though, and it would be irresponsible if I did not mention them, mention this. Even though I know I am for sure going to catch a load of shit for raising it in this context. As the anti-trans movement has become increasingly mainstream, the language of that movement has become more bold in using phrases that imply they simply want to stop trans people existing. At the moment, that is eugenicist, saying they want to stop more trans people coming into existence, that trans people are a problem for society and that we should, as a society, be trying to stop them existing. But I don't think it is falling foul of the slippery slope fallacy to suggest that there is a logical next step to that line of thinking. The anti-trans movement is also financially backed by groups with a wider anti-LGBTQ plus view. As I've said on the podcast many times, if you look at where the money, the radical anti-gay lobby in America went after they realised they'd lost the anti-gay marriage argument for the time being, they started putting it into the British anti-trans movement. This is a movement which has led to increasingly angry calls about bathrooms and about sports teams. The reality is that life for the LGBTQ plus community, all of us, has become less safe. Our community has fought very long and had some very high profile losses in trying to establish the rights and acceptance we have today. We cannot be complacent. It is not decided that we are safe in society and that our rights are sacrosanct. They can be rolled back just as quickly as they were established. In the outrageous decision to overturn Roe versus Wade by the United States Supreme Court yesterday, Justice Clarence Thomas said that the Supreme Court should consider re-examining its judgments that legalised contraception across the 50 states, that legalised same-sex marriage across 50 states, and that decriminalised same-sex relationships across all 50 states. In the United States of America, the land of the free, the home of the brave, the birthplace of Stonewall, the Stonewall Movement, of Harvey Milk and Marsha P. Johnson, there is a serious possibility that same-sex relationships may become illegal. That's the context in which this outrageous act of terrorism and murder has taken place. It feels like the last five or six years have seen the argument start to reverse. I've said on every edition of the podcast that it gets better. And until today, I've always felt that that's true. I felt that the rise in anti-LGBTQ plus hate crime was simply the last and particularly violent death throes of movement that had simply lost the public argument. I'm not sure I believe that anymore. Maybe I should stop saying it gets better. Because right now I'm not convinced it does. <laughs>